0: Who's using who? Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist, and you're terrorist therapist. Yes, pregnant, journalist, and Taliban, who's using who? Uh, you may have heard about this, something about it, but really, if you go deep into the story, as we're going to go today, uh, it gets more interesting and less, um, you know, there's more to it than one might think. Uh, think of at the very beginning. So it's not only who's using who or who's using whom, whatever the appropriate uh, uh, grammar is, but it's also for how long. Uh, the, The name of the journalist is Charlotte Bellis, and she is playing a dangerous game of cat and mouse that could change at any moment. So here goes. Charlotte Bellis is a New Zealand journalist she um, is currently in Afghanistan. She has been in Afghanistan for a while. And, um, I, you know, I'll tell you her story. But uh, the the issues are, uh, first of all, New Zealand, she is trying to get back to New Zealand half, half-heartedly, as you will hear, trying to get back to New Zealand to have her baby in May in New Zealand. That's if the baby... <laughs> you know has a normal term pregnancy in any case it would be me in any case um New Zealand has outrageously strict rules in terms of covid and including for uh native New Zealanders uh who are outside of the country who want to get back so you know they have um they have quarantine um rules and they have all these various rules vaccine passports you know the whole nine yards but but what's significant and, and particularly in this case um is that it, they make it really really difficult for people who are New Zealanders Kiwis to to get back to New Zealand for babies for marriages for funerals you know really important things and this is part of the web that Charlotte you get that Charlotte's web <laughs> Okay. This is part of the web that Charlotte is caught in, but the plot thickens. Um, now, as as I tell you the story, you can ask yourself, is she naive? Does she really not understand just how dangerous the Taliban are? Uh, that she thinks she can sort of um, uh, charm them or... Um, coerce them or, um, manipulate them. She said, uh, if she's counting on that, um, she is dead wrong. Uh, is she exhibiting false bravery by wanting to stay longer in Afghanistan with the Taliban in charge now and with their, the way that they are towards women or, um, is she, you know, I, I, my first book was called Bad Boys, Why We Love Them, How to Live With Them, and When to Leave Them. And what I talk about 12 different types of bad boys. And one of the types, the worst type is the, um, the type that's in prison for having killed, uh, people or raped women and that kind of thing. And the women, you know, there's always the question, why do women fall for these very dangerous men in prison? And the answer is because um, these are women who want to prove how brave they are, how important they are, how um, controlling or manipulative they can be, um, and they and they they think to themselves, they unconsciously for the most part, that they can prove how powerful they are by um, by being you know involved in a, in a with a killer, because it's like taking the nail out of the lion's paw. If you can imagine a lion walking around the village and everybody's scared of the lion, and this is the woman who's going to go up to the lion and take out the um, nail in his paw, and he will be a tame lion and be at her beck and call. Um, Or is she, is this a calculated PR move on her part um, to get more well-known on the world stage? Uh, And similarly, or connected to that, is it a career move? And I will tell you um, why that could be. So she um, she first attracted uh, media attention in August 2021. And you may well have seen this. I, I saw this. I remember uh, she was at the press conference, the first Taliban press conference. And she asked a question. She was the first one asking a question. Do you you remember that? If you, if you watched the press conference, you would remember this. She asked about, um, first of all, she was only one of three women who were at this press conference. And she asked about how the Taliban was going to treat women. You know, because remember the press conference, they were talking about how they were, um, this was the new Taliban, right? This was uh they were going to be the new gentler taliban and and more um uh ethical and kind taliban right that's what they wanted us to believe and she so she asked about women's rights and they gave her some answer which i don't think she and i don't think a lot of people realized were um was not what it seemed um she they they answered her by saying that they were going to be um, treating women well, something like that, according to um, the – according to, in, in the best way, according to Islamic law, or words to that effect, Sharia law. And, um, well, the best way, according to Sharia law, I mean, according to Sharia law, women are treated very badly. But the way that they answered it, it really gave the impression to the world to everybody who was watching this that they're going to treat women well but if you know if you don't know the details of Sharia law, you wouldn't have gotten the underpinnings of what that answer was anyhow that is how she first um how first became well known um as a journalist i mean she has that isn't to say i mean she has worked
1: as a journalist before um she, she, let's see. Okay, here. I am.
0: Uh, first of all, she was born in Christchurch, New Zealand, which is where the attack was not so long ago. Um, she studied journalism at the University of Missouri in Columbia, Missouri. Then she returned to New Zealand in 2009. She became a television reporter in Christchurch. Later, she was a presenter for Prime News. Uh, she was laid off by them. Then she became um, she was involved with the 60 minutes program in New Zealand and, um, uh, then she took a job for ABC world news in New York after she was laid off by prime news in 2015. Then, um, in 2017, she started working for Al Jazeera and in their Qatar offices. Um, And so then as part of her coverage for Al Jazeera, that is what she was doing uh, in Kabul, covering the press conference for them. Okay. So, um, and after that, she was granted a a personal interview, media interview with a Taliban
1: leader. And um, now on August 21st, She,
0: it was in July, um, no, no, from July, she was stationed in Kabul, and then she was at the press conference. And then on August 21st, she told the New Zealand news broadcaster, News Hub, that she was planning on staying in Kabul, despite the fact that the Taliban took over, in order to hold them to account. She said, quote, they'll have to drag me out of here. I'm not leaving anytime soon. Um, then it's, that was in August and then in September, she found out that she was pregnant. So she, um, she had gone back to Qatar, but in Qatar, you know, because that's where Al Jazeera was. Um, but because of their extramarital pregnancy laws, she resigned from Al Jazeera in November, 2021, we're talking about, um, because she knew she would get into trouble there uh, being pregnant and not married. And her partner is Jim Hoylebrook, a photographer and a contributor to the New York Times. So he's from Belgium. And so they went to, they left Qatar and they went to Belgium, but she couldn't stay in Belgium for uh, the long term because of visa issues. And so then apparently, the story goes, that the couple went back to Afghanistan because it was the only other place where they had visas to live. And she couldn't return home to New Zealand uh, because of their border restrictions because of COVID. So instead, before she just before she returned to Afghanistan, she asked the Taliban for help, because that's what you do—you call up the Taliban and you ask them for help, because you're an unmarried woman in Qatar and you're you're pregnant. Um, she supposedly reached the a the group's senior contacts, and they told her just tell people you're married, and if it escalates, call us. Don't worry. I know this does seem a bit of a stretch, but um, that is what she has quoted has been saying on many um, in many media outlets, including things that she has written. Um, now, there's a whole issue in terms of there. there's all this controversy about the application she made to New Zealand, whether that, then they offered it, her to come back and then she rejected it. I'll, I'll get into that. But it's, it's a whole sort of mess in terms of whether or not and when they
1: um, had said that she could come back. Um, so, well, I, I will
0: get into that. Now, apparently, as as the situation stands, she is currently, has been offered a way to get back. But it's not clear um, when or whether she is going to accept that. Um, you know, my, I'm going to, this, this whole thing is really controversial. When I first read about this, I tweeted about it uh the idea being how terrible is New Zealand not letting a pregnant woman, a New Zealander, get come back to the country um you know now she has to be at the mercy of the Taliban and this is just awful and what a what a dangerous situation she's in and and all of that and then i started looking into this story in more detail and um ha- came up with all these other issues that i just mentioned now um my <laughs> you know besides psychoanalyzing her right <laughs> as a psychiatrist um and why she might like what personality uh deficits she has that might make her want to put her baby in danger i mean that that's the whole thing um yes of course it's very tempting she's getting a lot of, te- of attention for this and all of that but the bottom line is that um she, oh, and, and it turned out that, uh, she had been told, she's 35 years old and it turned out that she had been told that she wouldn't be able to get pregnant. So this is a kind of miracle baby. And yet she is choosing to stay in Afghanistan longer rather than take the first opportunity that she was offered to go back to, uh, New Zealand. So that is the part, that is the problem that I have with her. That she's putting herself and her own um, her own wishes, her own um, whether it's her career or her or the attention that she's getting or whatever, she is putting her own uh, reasons above the safety of the baby. But when we come back, I'll tell you more about the uh, the machinations, the various things that happened in terms of New Zealand and and um, you know the difficulties in getting back there. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show. We're talking today about pregnant journalist and Taliban, who's using who uh, and for how long. Now, yes, let me uh, mention that other side of it, the Taliban, who's using who. The Taliban, of course, is using her for good PR because as long as they can show the world that they are treating this woman, this high-profile woman, a, a journalist, you know, who, who has been interviewed all over and has her own, um, access to, uh, you know, as a journalist, she writes for the New Zealand Herald and, and she has access to get, get all the news out and she, which she is making full, um, taking full advantage of. So it's like she's, she's the Taliban's PR agent, one could say. And, uh, in, tr- specifically in terms of how well they treat women. And of course, you see the irony. When that was her question at their first press conference about how well are you going to treat women? And then she winds up pregnant and then winds up depending upon the Taliban to treat her well. Um, and so, you know, interesting, interesting irony. Anyhow, so. um So she. As I was saying, she found out that she was, you know, in, in August, she was talking about how she's never going to leave. They're going to have to drag her out of Afghanistan because she wants to take the Taliban to task. They have to prove they're going to be good to women and so on. And and as you will hear by the end of uh, the show today, that in fact, she is really doing harm for women in Afghanistan. Um, you know, it's really, you, wanna, you may want to call that, that's irony, yes but clearly i mean is she that naive that she doesn't realize that um i mean it's selfish she's she's you know doing things for herself and she's not uh taking into account what what how what she is doing is hurting the women who are going to be left in Afghanistan the Afghanistan women uh the afghans women who are going to be living under the taliban and i'm going to tell you about the um the backlash that she has been getting, and it's been widely reported. So surely she must have heard of these things that, that um, women's rights activists are saying about her and about what this is doing to um, what, what this will do, how it will make life worse for women in Afghanistan. Um, now, her, um, you know, her, what her main statement has been, when the Taliban offers you a pregnant, unmarried woman, safe haven. You know your situation is messed up. This is what she wrote in um, in an article um, in the New Zealand paper. Um, what else can I tell you? A lot of, there's a lot of, I'm giving you highlights here.
1: Um, she's going to be giving birth, theoretically, she's supposed to give birth to a baby girl in May
0: she resigned from Al Jazeera in November because that's when they, you know, when she realized she couldn't stay there any longer because they were going to find out that she was pregnant.
1: Um, and let's see. All right. Okay. So now here are some of the, um,
0: you know there's all this arguing back and forth between her attorney she has an attorney uh in in New Zealand and he is arguing with all the people who are in charge of the um um the determining who gets into New Zealand in terms of the covid uh restrictions and so on and so there's all this in the press you know these loud back back and forth um things between her attorney and them
1: now she um initially applied to the um the uh ministry of business,
0: innovation and employment, which is uh, the the ministry that determines um who gets in <laughs> uh in terms of COVID. Um she initially applied for a slot under the category that she, quote, requires access to time-critical medical treatment because she's pregnant. But the ministry declined that application because they said that the proposed date of her travel, she wanted to go back to New Zealand on February 27th. Now, look, lady, (laughs) you're pregnant. You're in Afghanistan. The Taliban can decide in a split second that um, they want to kill you, which is what they do to a lot of unmarried, pregnant women in Afghanistan, um, which she should know if that is her, you know, main interest, how women are treated in Afghanistan. Um, and But no, she wanted February 27th, and she had asked, she applied for this slot, um, I think it was in early January, so she wanted to choose her date. <laughs> Here they were giving her an opportunity to go back to New Zealand And no, no, she wanted to stay longer. Um, So uh, the ministry encouraged her to apply under a different category, the category that she's, quote, in a location or situation where there is a serious risk to her safety and her only option is returning to New Zealand. Now, she rejected that because she was making the point that her safety was specifically
1: guaranteed by the Taliban. So um, So, you know, she was trying to say
0: that um really what she was trying to say was that she's special and the Taliban have made special um are treating her special and are making are have guaranteed her safety and so she doesn't need to come back uh any earlier because of her pregnancy. Um, and and it's and it's not because I mean she would come. What she was saying was she needed to come back because um, the the state of of maternity and, and pregnancy – It's dangerous to be pregnant in Afghanistan. You know, it's dangerous to the maternal care isn't as good as in New Zealand, and the pregnancy itself. I mean, the um, delivery itself is more dangerous in Afghanistan because they don't have the same kind of equipment, the hospital equipment that like if there was a a um, if there was a a problem with the pregnancy the delivery something like that you know yes of course um it would be safer all along during the whole pregnancy it would be safer to be in new zealand than in afghanistan for all kinds of reasons germs um uh, i mean besides the violence all around uh, what about the germs what about you know whatever else she could she could get um there are all kinds of complications that happened during pregnancy, for example um high high blood pressure uh some women get high blood pressure, there's diabetes with some pregnancies. I mean, there are all kinds of potential problems, and yes, of course, it would be safer for the baby for her to be um in New Zealand, but no, 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 she wanted to stay until uh, february twenty seventh now actually the date has been
1: moved to March <laughs> um so what else can I tell you? Um, yeah, oh, because the,
0: it had to be with the kind of application that she was making, it had to be within a 14-day window uh, from the application, which was that's what's required for an emergency allocation. Um, it has to be time critical. You know, you have to need to go back to New Zealand within 14 days, and she didn't want to do that. Um now, why they didn't get married in Belgium, um, you know, like they—they uh, they, she wasn't able to stay there because of her visa. But presumably, if they would have applied for a marriage license, um, that may well have helped to get her to be able to stay. But I guess maybe her partner hasn't decided that he wanted to be married to her yet. <clears throat> Who is this crazy woman putting our baby in danger? Um, I don't know that for a fact. I'm just, uh, I am just uh, trying to get into his head and thinking he might be thinking that.
1: Um, oh, now another little highlight. Uh, um, she said, "Quote: What no one has known
0: until now is that I conceived a little girl a week after that press conference. You know, the Taliban press conference." For years, I had been told by doctors I would never have children. I threw myself into my career and made my peace with it. Now, during the fall of Kabul, a miracle. So, okay. Uh, She's triple vaccinated. That's another thing. Um, It was pretty crazy that, um, I mean, you know, in terms of COVID rules, she was uh, triple vaccinated ready to comply with quarantine demands and so on. Um, but again, you know, she's trying to say her whole point is how they, New Zealand, she's blaming New Zealand for not letting her go back soon enough when in fact, um, really, she rejected their um, invitation to come back. She
1: said, um, <laughs> she said that the Taliban welcomed her with a smile Um quote,
0: I organized a meeting with senior Taliban contacts, and they supposedly said, quote, no, she said this, you know how I am dating Jim from the New York Times, but we're not married, right? Yes. And they said, yes, yes, we respect you both. And you are foreigners. That is up to you. She said, I nervously continued, well, I am pregnant and I can't get back into New Zealand. If I come to Kabul, will we have a problem? Um, no, we're happy for you. You can come and you won't have a problem. Just tell people you're married. And if it escalates, call us. Don't worry, everything will be fine. Now, <laughs> would you really um, want to put, if you were pregnant, or your wife or girlfriend or whoever, uh, however this applies to you, were pregnant, would you depend upon the word of the Taliban saying, oh, don't worry about it? Um she didn't want to apply to New Zealand as a, quote, person in danger, unquote, because she didn't want to exonerate the government of responsibility for her earlier rejections. She praised the Taliban for showing
1: her more hospitality than her own homeland. Um, so let me, we'll come to the end of this segment. Um, let me, now in the next
0: segment, I'm going to tell you what, um, women activists have to say about what she is doing you know um how theoretically she was she asked at the press conference about the treatment of afghan women and that's what she cares about and really in the end she is making this much harder for the afghan
1: women who are going to be left behind in afghan when she goes back to new zealand so stay tuned Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist
0: and your terrorist therapist, and we are talking today about uh, a pregnant journalist named Charlotte Bellis, pregnant journalist and Taliban, who's using who? I think that that should be who's using whom. (laughs) But anyway, all right. Um, uh, Charlotte is this poor, stranded woman, not in uh, Afghanistan, could have gone back to uh, New Zealand. She said that the Taliban told her congratulations, we're really happy for you. Well, activists who work to protect Afghan women's sexual and reproductive rights have made quite a backlash towards her because of their concerns for uh, Afghan women who will have to deal with the Taliban after she goes back to New Zealand. Now, um, one such woman, Sahar Setrat, said, she tweeted uh, to Charlotte Bellis. She she said, hi, Charlotte Bellis. When I read your op-ed, I was hoping the level of ignorance and arrogance presented was only coming from your privileged position. Now that I see your stories, I can see you're doing more than that. Well done, slapping Afghan women in face plus gaining sympathy for Taliban. Um, then we have a woman named Mina
1: Nazami. She is the leader of Girl Up Afghanistan. Uh, and she said, quote, well, she said there are tons of, quote, there are tons of reasons that the Taliban could have easily abducted
0: Bellis, and justified their actions according to Sharia and other cultural laws in their terms. She was unmarried and pregnant. She was not a Muslim woman. She was a female journalist. She said, I wouldn't blame Charlotte for promoting this story. She's probably doing what she can to save her baby and herself being stuck amongst Taliban, and Taliban are benefiting quite well from her situation. Um, Then someone named Farinaz Roman, a human rights activist now based in the UK, said, quote, Afghan journalists since the fall of Afghanistan have been tortured, beaten, and were forced to leave the country while some privileged non-Afghan journalists were and are welcomed in Afghanistan. These non-Afghan journalists should feel responsible for how their storytelling will impact the lives of thousands of Afghan women, especially those who are still under arrest. It's unfair if her story takes over the internet and not advocacy
1: for those who have disappeared. Um, Let's see. Then, Then we have Nicolette Waldman.
0: She is a human rights lawyer and Amnesty International researcher. She said, quote, we have been receiving very We have been receiving very worrying reports about women being arrested and detained just for meeting a man in public place or messaging or speaking with a man on the phone. She's talking about, of course, in Afghanistan. Quote, even if these girls are later released, being detained can severely damage their reputation and their families may be reluctant to have them back. There were high rates for arrests for moral crimes like premarital sex before before the Taliban took over, but we're seeing so far that the threshold for arrest
1: seems to have plummeted. Then Diana Nami, executive director
0: of the women's rights organization IKWRO, which frequently works with Afghan women, said, quote, it is, of course, contradicting with what they are doing in their own country with their own women. They deny women as human beings. If Belis was Afghan, definitely she would now be executed or stoned to death. Um, the United Nations raised concerns in January about the disappearance of two women's rights activists, Taman Pariani and Parawana Ibrahim Kel, who were reportedly abducted from their homes. Pariani appears to have been able to publish a video before she disappeared. Um, Then Amnesty International's Waldman added, quote, the real incredible coverage of this story when it's taking place against the backdrop of huge concerns about missing and disappeared women in Afghanistan. It seems a bit tone deaf that this is the story that's receiving all of the coverage. Then Roman, the Afghan human rights activist that's now based in the UK, added, quote, when we see her story praising the Taliban has gone so viral. In almost all platforms, we see not only how the Taliban, but the world is betraying us. So, so in other words, people, um, who are on her side, like the Taliban, you know, treating her special, um, and the world, you know, um, believing this, like I did at first, thinking, oh, poor lady, um, stranded, pregnant and stranded, barefoot and pregnant. <laughs> And stranded in Afghanistan under the taliban um you know that's uh that's terrible, but that's why i'm why I think this story is so interesting because there are really deeper
1: issues um, now there's one let's see there's another there's a woman who is a taliban a a um um a, a woman named um a, who was a, a a Kabul resident let me see here um a Kabul here we go a Kabul resident
0: um named oh there are a couple of them all right so th- this is interesting a woman uh named Muz Khan Samagandi. uh wrote wrote a uh, an open letter that was uh, published and she said i am from afghanistan but living in new zealand with my kiwi husband and our son like charlotte bellis i too was a broadcaster in afghanistan back when this was possible for a woman without being a foreigner as a mother my heart goes out to charlotte But as an Afghanistani woman who has only recently emigrated from Afghanistan to New Zealand, I have to speak up. I almost did so when Charlotte interviewed Abdul Qahar Balki, the Taliban spokesperson with the Kiwi accent. She went easy on him. For example, at the end of the interview, she asked what he had to say to those who called the Taliban terrorists. He said people didn't really believe they were terrorists but this was just a word the U.S. used for anyone who didn't fall in line with their agenda. There were no further questions. So she's, I mean, of course, that's preposterous to just let him get away with, um, you know, this lie. And so uh, continuing what Moose Khan wrote, this letter to Charlotte, Uh, She said, this was a man who claimed responsibility on behalf of the Taliban for attacks on innocent civilians and admitted to crimes against humanity. Now when I read Charlotte's letter and see the media and social media responses, I see the situation in my country being trivialized, and it makes me angry. Charlotte refers to herself asking the Taliban in a press conference what they would do for women and girls and says she is now asking the same question of the New Zealand government I understand these there are problems with MIQ and that's the New Zealand organization that also works to determine who gets in or who gets back and I and I understand the value in provoking change with controversy but what I don't understand is how someone who has lived and worked in Afghanistan and seen the impact of the Taliban's regime on women and girls can seriously compare that situation to New Zealand. Afghanistani women who resist or protest the regime are being arrested, tortured, raped, and killed. Young girls are being married off to Talibs. Education and employment are no longer available to them. A 19-year-old girl I know from my village who was in her first year of law last year is now instead a housewife to a Talib, a member of the Taliban, and there are so many stories like this. Charlotte says the Taliban have given her a safe haven when she is not welcome in her own country. This is obviously a good headline and good way to make a point, but it is an inaccurate and unhelpful representation
1: of the situation and She goes on um so so, you know,
0: giving Charlotte Bellis the benefit of the doubt, I would like to think um that she is just doing and saying all of this to keep herself and her baby safe, but it is hard to um sustain that belief when she was offered um the ability to return to New Zealand sooner than she is now going to go back which is in March so but of course now that she is in Afghanistan and she is still at the beck and call you know it could change in an instant someone could point out to the Taliban you know you're being made you're you're people the world is realizing that she's making a fool of you you know she you're she's getting you to treat her special and what it could be anything I mean, the Taliban are not a stable bunch, and um, and really I wish she would just go back, she would rethink this, and her partner, I don't know where, you know, why he isn't um, um, being more, speaking up more in terms of the safety of their baby, but in any case, um, my, my message to Charlotte is, please go back tomorrow, go back as soon as you can, to New Zealand, it is, you are, every day you're in Afghanistan, you are keeping your baby in danger, Um, as I was saying, not only because of the violence and because the Taliban can change their mind in an instant, or, you know, the Taliban, there are lots of people who would come under that heading of the Taliban, so perhaps the people who said to her, don't worry about it, we're going to keep you safe, that's not everybody, that's not all the Taliban in all of Afghanistan, she just needs one who decides enough is enough. And, of course, all of the other dangers, the maternal care and all of that. So, Charlotte, please stop thinking of yourself and think of your baby and go home. Well, thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. Com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, oh my: How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism the number four kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk archives for more insights.